Oh, Colin. <laughs> Watch it at your leisure. It's called Hogan Needs to Calm Down, which which I made, you see. <laughs> For our w- friends who like to fall into a YouTube hole, <laughs> definitely don't look up that or um, Abadah Remix. Or, well, for me and Zach, we have, um, what's it called? Um, Zalin Krat Sweeney. Well, what's the two on ones where we're the two uh, CG guys uh, can, uh, talking? Let us enlighten you. Let us enlighten you. Yeah, that's yeah. That is a thing that exists. All of our harebrained things that never took off, but were just fun for the time that we did them. They're our experimental phase yep. of I media. Have, I have a video out there where I turn my manager from my shoe store I worked at into a uh, lizard. Um, so that one's fun, too, if you want to check it out. It's called Adam is a Reptile. To his is, credit, he did love it. And his yeah. kid was frightened by it for a long time. He looked at his dad <laughs> and was scared of him. Well, it's because he must be a reptilian <laughs> conspiracy theorist. Dad, how? why did you only switch then? You've never switched for me. Because <laughs> I live in Hollywood, kid. <laughs> Gotta I give control it the economy. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready to start this episode? Oh, yeah. Here we go. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the Houseplants, Houseplants Podcast. We talk about music. Media. No, there's not. All right. So, um, okay, cool. Hopefully that wasn't too annoying for everybody. Um, (laughs) All listeners have unsubscribed. (laughs) All four of them. (laughs) So (laughs) I keep trashing our podcast. All right, guys. um, So great. Um, Last time we switched it up, we did the prayer first. I guess we should just go back to the old uh, playing the worship music. Sure. Um, Just FYI for everybody listening, this song we haven't prepared. So guess what? It's probably going to get edited (laughs) and we're just going to edit it in the best version. It'll be good. All right, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you follow along with me and and do some do some purdy little stuff. Okay, I'll do my best. Cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll probably just pick a random sound right now and not even listen to it. French horn. Ooh, really? Okay. No. (laughs) Hold on. This is our sound. Ooh, it's the harp. Okay, that's what we're doing. No. Just do piano. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. I tried to see how far I could push that. Like, oh, we're just gonna go off the cuff. All right, you ready, right. guys? Yeah. So this What's is this is um, kind of a mashup. It's Christ whose glory fills the skies, which is a Charles Wesley hymn, put to the tune of a different hymn, and with a chorus from with a, a different chorus hymn. from yet another hymn. And some original lyrics. This is where Zach thrives. He likes to take and mishmash, and it ends up being a beautiful original piece. Yeah, usually Colin is doing the mishmashing with lots of different hymns and things, but this is actually a song for Epiphany. There's not very many Epiphany ah, songs out there. Kind of what we talked about with Advent, right? Yeah, so it's the recognition of Christ as the light of the world. That's what this song's all about. whose glory fills the skies Christ the true and only light Son of right 
we didn't need to edit it. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, good job. <sighs> well, I mean, that chorus, you know, the melody line, I knew it didn't get enough. Well done. Well arranged. Beautiful. Absolutely All right. So, beautiful. so here's the deal, Zach. It's about epiphany, huh? Yeah. We talked about that a little bit in Advent. Can we just get yeah. a refresher on that? Um, from what I understand, and I have very little experience with 
that particular isn't it the celebration of like bringing people to christ i mean in the in like the the winter to like january yeah if you're if you're talking about the um like the story of jesus what it's celebrating is the wise men coming after jesus birth and Mm -hmm. their recognition of who he is so it's about um the identity of jesus and um and realizing it so a lot of times, like if there's an Epiphany Sunday um, and you're in like a traditional church, you might sing We Three Kings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it has to do with light. It has to do with Jesus being the word. It's kind of an extension of Christmas, but it's more about mm-hmm. like, oh, we now have this reality of God being incarnate with us. I like it. Who <laughs> is this person that's with us? So in the traditional sense, this is uh, Epiphany is all usually marking as the last of the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, it's the end of Christmas. It is right. actually, yes, Christmas was actually a season that started and that went until uh, January 6th, I believe. Yeah. Well, I have an Epiphany. We should pray. <laughs> I can I guess, pray. I feel okay. like I haven't in a while. After you. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for. Um, all that you are doing in our lives. And we thank you for sending your son into the world and for who he is and his mission that you have sent him on. Um, Lord, we recognize that, um, that Jesus has a mission here on earth and that we get to be a part of it. And so I thank you so much for the very small way that this podcast can be a part of that mission. I pray that you would help us just realize that, um, that you would, Help us to serve you more and more fully as we continue to um, to do our job here. <laughs> Lord, I ask that it would just be glorifying to you and would draw others to yourself. It's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Um, and I will just throw a quickie prayer in there and we just pray that um, uh, Bob can feel relaxed and led because um, surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. we're going to let Bob be the take the lead we're just gonna fade into the background oh boy um, <laughs> bob's got the rings I, I hope you don't fade in the background otherwise i'm gonna be talking to the ether here no no so. yeah. we just um we, you know bob uh came onto the podcast kind of halfway through the year last year and um since he's come on he's gone from a very limited role to being uh more than just a uh, every now and again houseplant he is he is the third uh leg of this chair and so um we just a chair of three legs is not easily tipped over, right? That's, that's very true. Um, and uh, so we're excited to have him uh, lead this message today. And w- well, it's a you know discussion topic for sure. But the one cool thing is that um, Bob, one of the gifts God has given him, if I can speak uh, to uh, about Bob for a minute is that he he has he is a, a networking guy he is a smart guy and he's very very good at um uh, you know what's that what's he's that a type teacher. of what's the type of personality that I'm not organized yeah. type A <laughs> yeah so um he so is our resident type A person he is very very good at keeping things organized mm-hmm. making good notes and when I first read these episode notes I was like wow Oh, oh, this is what they're supposed to look like. <laughs> Ours are just jumbled with tabs every now and again. So, um, so yeah, uh, Bob, um, we're really excited to have you speak. So I will shut yeah. up. You take the wheel. What are we talking sure. about today? 
Well, this is definitely part of the, the mission of Jesus aspect of, of the, of the podcast. And so, uh, one, one of the great, greatest missions that Jesus gave us was the commandment to go and make disciples. And part of that is building up that kingdom, building up one another and, and trying to figure out the best ways of doing that. And I find more recently, I, more and more with every passing year, that that's becoming in many ways a little bit harder to do. Um, no, duh. <laughs> you know what? So far, Bob, you haven't instilled you know confidence or anything. So I want to hear what's happening next. But so far, I don't know. <laughs> this might be a short episode. I'm so, kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so um, this really came to me uh, while while I was in China, um, actually, and sitting in my living room there in China and going through my Bible and reading through Matthew, and specifically um, got to the Sermon on the Mount and was reading through it. And Matthew seven came up, uh, the last part of the Sermon on the Mount, the last chapter of it. And, um, and it, it, this one really kind of hit me hard. And so I began, uh, talking it out with my bride and talking about what kind of what was, what, what was, was going through my mind and what God was kind of revealing to me and then building up with that quite a bit. So yes, in this episode, we will be a little bit more, um, uh, very, we're, I, I tell you, we're going to be very scripture heavy. We're going to dig into the word. Yeah. Digging deep. I brought, I brought my Bible, but I left it in my car. So I'm going to use Zach's Bible, but I am going to do flippies be the Foley flipper. See you <laughs> everybody listening. That's me so, flipping through. Oh, Colin, good job finding a page flip sound effect and adding it in. Oh, <laughs> what a great job. Oh, listen to me flip. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So we're good. Yeah. So, all right, Bob. So, um, so, so, uh, uh, and digging with this, I'll be honest, this is a hot button issue. This is a hot button topic that people are going to, that's uh, not everyone's going to agree with. And, and that's in many regards, I guess that, that, that's a little fine. Um, but I ask that you withhold your judgment yeah. until you've heard so us far, out so far, and listened to scripture. So far, yeah. uh, terrible, Bob. <laughs> Am I am I getting the theme right, guys? <laughs> so I've been judging Bob this whole time. See that? Yeah. See what I've been doing? So yeah. So Matthew seven is very heavily about about judging in many ways, and so but 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 let's let's go through it and let's look at the first few verses here in Matthew seven. Okay. Do you need us to read, or are you going to read? Actually, yeah. yeah. If you all, if one of you all want to read, that's fine. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Thank you, Zach. Uh, first few verses. Uh, yes. I think it should be one through six. Okay. Do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Okay. So so this passage right here is arguably one of the most quoted and and uh, misused, maybe I would argue misuse. Others might disagree with me, but let's get into that. I mean, how is it often used? I mean, what, what, what is the primary way in which you usually hear these, these verses be referenced? Judge not, lest ye be judged. Therefore, <laughs> yes. you cannot judge me. No one can judge me. Yeah, you're not allowed to say anything judgmental to anyone ever, because if you do, then I'll just misquote this out of context, <laughs> and then you won't have anything to say, will you? <laughs> no. 
Yeah, but, but, but you guys are right. I mean, th- that, that is how this passage is so often used. It's used, uh, don't judge. I, it, it's often boiled down. Those six verses are usually boiled down to just two words, judge not. And, and, and everything else is completely either ignored or just forgotten about or maybe assumed to back up that point. But it, either way, it's always boiled down to those two words, judge not. And when I, as I was going through other parts of scripture, that didn't really seem to line up as much. Um, Jesus's own words, for example, from John chapter seven is, 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 is a, is another big example of that. Oh, Colin's going to get there. So, Sorry, just for sound effect. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> so in John chapter seven, um, in verses, uh, do you want me to read it? Uh, sure. Yeah. Cause Zach read the last one. Yeah. Verses 23 and 24. In, in John chapter seven. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. And this is in Zach's Bible. I'm not sure. NIV. Okay. NIV. Great. So <laughs> here we go. Verses uh, 23 and 24. You said? Yes. Okay. It says here in seven twenty three. Now, if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. So here we got Jesus actually saying, don't judge by appearance, but judge people by through righteous judgment. Judge righteously is what he's saying here. Mm-hmm. So a judgment is being made. We've also got other examples of this throughout scripture that we'll probably get to a little bit later on here. Um, but but this but these two things didn't really seem to line up to me as I'm as I'm going through John and I'm going through Matthew and I'm reading through all these different things here. And so then I started digging through Matthew chapter seven and, and, and I took it into a very different light because if Jesus said to not judge, if that was really his intended message, then why does he continue on with his example here in Matthew seven? I see your first question down there is like a bulletin that says, sure. why do people tend, to, tend hold to hold this view, this view yeah. of Matthew yeah. seven? Why do we assume it just means? Okay, you're not allowed let, me, to judge? let me ask you this. Is it? Are you asking if there's a like a motivation more so than just simply misunderstanding scripture? Like, is there a reason why we might jump to that conclusion? Uh, may, maybe that maybe there is. Um, maybe there is that that motivation. Maybe we want to hold a bit particular viewpoint. I wanted, okay, so I, I wanted you to sit over here yeah. as a way of uh, giving you the the, the seat. power seat. You have to play piano though if you're <laughs> over there. Yeah. Okay, so so so, so okay. as as we're going through this and we're lo- I'm looking at these scriptures. I'm seeing in John. I'm seeing in Matthew. I'm seeing all these different places. And so I have to wonder why is it that um, that that people tend to interpret Matthew seven as just straight judge not when there seems to be a lot more going on here. Are you asking if? If there's like an ulterior motive, like a reason why people would want to jump to that conclusion. Yeah. Or? I mean, maybe, maybe that is what I'm asking. Maybe, maybe there is some sort of motive. I mean, oh, I, what, what do you guys think? Well, if it were me and I didn't want to be judged for doing something that I wasn't supposed to do and I knew it was wrong, I would say you're not allowed to judge me because in the Bible it says not to judge and I yeah. would misinterpret the scripture on purpose so that I could do whatever I want without reproach. Right. (laughs) 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 Was that dry enough for you guys? (laughs) In many regards, I think you're right. I don't think everyone has that viewpoint. I know that. But I do think that it may have started out that way, and other people said, you know, that sounds really good. I'm going to hold on to that. And and they they kind of, and they, whether intentionally or unintentionally, have maybe modeled their life off of that mentality, or at least understanding of that part of scripture based on that mentality. One, One of 
other thing I wanted to say yeah. too is that mm-hmm. um, it seems like to, to more fully answer your question there, we have those two scriptures that seem like they conflict, but they really don't. And uh, we've done this a lot on the podcast in the past about like a both and type situation. Sure. And the, the grain, the grains of truth that people miss out of a lot of this is things like the fact that you also have a plank in your mm. own eye, but they still have a speck in their eye. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and we're going to get to that here in just a second. But yes. the, and then in, in the other yeah. one, he says, you're judging based on appearances, judge correctly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say don't judge. He says, don't judge, right. but judge based on how God would, would judge, not, not yeah. based right. on. And, now, and, now, and, 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 the, and to clarify, judgment doesn't necessarily mean consequences. Judgment yeah. doesn't always mean discipline. Or conde- condemnation. But condemnation. Judgment is simply yeah. saying, is this right or is this wrong? And so one of the things I'm just going to put Having in there. Having judgment. Yeah, yeah. One of the little grains of something I'm just going to put in here and then we'll, you know, Bobby, take over. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I know we're about to get into the big, thick part of it. But um, at the time you know, during the four gospels, when Jesus is there, there are systematic judges. There is the Pharisees and the Sadducees Mm -hmm. who are, are put in power to judge. Yeah. And then there are the Roman judges who judge based on the law. Mm -hmm. And so there is like the, 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 um, uh, Judean law of the church. And then there is the Roman law and there's all these different people that are judging all the time that are getting people in trouble. So it's not uncommon for there to be judgment in this society. And when Jesus comes in and he's like flipping that a little bit, it's to back off how much judgment is happening at the time, I think. Right. And so, so like, I mean, it was a, it was a culture where everything was based on your standing in the community. Right. Like everything was public. Everything was about like the consequences of things were shame, honor and shame culture is what uh, people have used to call it. Right. And, and so, you know, your even your livelihood sometimes was your public image. Right. You know, it was all about how others saw you. And so, yeah, judgment was a big deal. And also like a big critique that Jesus had for the Pharisees was their judgment. Like they mm-hmm. would yeah. try and condemn somebody immediately and Jesus mm-hmm. would step in and be like, well, hold on a minute. And then they would say, yeah. who are you to tell us not to judge people? And he's like, all I'm saying is that you need to take a step back and rethink what you're, right. what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. Bob, let's get into it, man. Okay. Well, yeah. here's here's what really hit me hard when that that uh, that evening in China when I was sitting on my couch, and um, and and that is verses three through five here in Matthew, and he says, "Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, with all the when all the time there's a plank in your own eye?" You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Where here does Jesus say, don't remove the speck? As, mm, I understand. That's the question that hit me hard. Because I'm looking at this like, no, no, he's actually saying you need to remove the speck. But before you do so, you need to remove the plank from your own eye. The yeah. action of correction is still happening here. Uh, I believe that a lot of what Jesus taught uh, parables, uh, individual people that he spoke to, that was for them individually as well. Like he was using an example of an individual doing something incorrect. Mm -hmm. And so 
a lot of times what people do is they take something Jesus said and blanket it across for every single situation. And mm. I think that that's, mm. I think that's, that's a good place to start. But I also think that you have to remember the context of what he is doing and who he's talking to at the time. And that's a key factor. There's context. Yeah. Yeah. And the context of this one even hit me even harder as I dug into it even deeper. Um, because yeah. who is his audience here? Who is he talking to? One could argue to back that up a page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for, I mean, one argument is, oh, he's talking to hypocrites. OK, yeah, sure. He blatantly calls out you hypocrites. Stop trying to correct, uh, trying to pull the speck out of your brother's eye when you still have a plank in your own eye. But but who else is his audience right. here? So this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, it is. Which right. actually is a collection if I understand right, of different things Jesus said during his sermons and Matthew puts it together in a, into one sermon, the sermon right. on the Mount. So these are the kinds of things he was saying when mm-hmm. he was speaking to crowds. So mm-hmm. right. I, I would think that, you know, it might be a kind of a broad audience really. It is. It is. Sure. And I didn't yeah. mean it the way I didn't mean no, it no, like no, it's no, an no, individual no. thing. No, what no, I'm no. saying is the time and place that Absolutely. he is giving any right. message, not just the Sermon on the Mount. The culture he's speaking to. The yes. culture he's speaking and, to. And, and, the, and, and what is that culture? The prominent issues of the, the, these are people who practice the scriptures. Yeah. These yeah. are people who understand the scriptures. Yeah. And and that kind of stuck out to me because in here he flat out says, um, how can you read the spec from your brother's eye when you have the plank in your eye? He's not talking about strangers. He's talking about brothers. He's talking about family. He's talking about community here. Yeah. He's talking about people who you know, who you love and who you tr- who you work with on a regular basis. This isn't just anybody off the street. So he's talking about a reproach that happens between two people who are in close community in Absolutely. this situation. He's not talking about um, – your neighbor down the street who you barely know, you never talk to. Absolutely. And, yeah. 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 And, and which makes a lot of sense because in the analogy he's giving, what, what's this analogy here? But of a man, but, but of two people, uh, two brothers, who, one who is removing the speck from their own eye. So if, if Colin was going to remove the speck from my eye, for example, and I mean, a, a literal speck, what's that? What does that look like? That's going to require a level of trust between the two of us to allow Colin to get that close to me, to bit, get his big manly fingers up next to my eye. <laughs> and you got to remember that as I lean in to look at the speck in your eye, mm-hmm. I'm poking you in your other eye with the plank in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 hopefully, according to Jesus, that should be removed by this point. But yes. Right. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously that's a the incorrect way to do it. <laughs> yes. But 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 there's a level of trust there. There's a level of patience, a, a level of gentleness that has to come with this. What are you what are you saying, Bob? Are you saying I'm you saying you can't remove a speck by poking somebody in their eye really sharply, really hardly, repeatedly over and over again? Yeah. That doesn't work, and nor does it actually help fix the problem. But it just takes a speck in their eye and gives them a black eye, or you know, or even worse, a, a non-functioning eye at all. At the end or of the day, even worse, a pink eye or LASIK. Like if you get really lucky, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but so 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 there's a level of trust, there's patience, there's gentleness. Um, uh, it's it just there, there is so much here that we that requires relationship. Yeah. And I think that's part of the part that we often lose in our culture. And you don't get that context from cherry picking. No, you don't. Which is what we often like to do when we go to the Bible. People will go and they will grab the um, whatever, the flashy one mm-hmm. verse that they think they can quote. Yeah. And the, so, out, of yeah. Co- the out of context weapon, as I like judge to call it. Judge <laughs> not, lest ye be judged. Yeah. Seems to indicate, like, if you just say that in isolation and knowing what 
you know, knowing what generally like people tend to think about God and mm-hmm. Jesus is God is a guy who might send you to hell. So I think that in a very, very simplistic interpretation of just that one mm. scripture, right. you could say, don't judge or else God's yeah. going to judge you. Yes. Right. Watch out. And, 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 and here's the thing. And this, this is, about that. And, but this is his whole point is that, yes, we are not, we, I would even go as far as say, yes, Jesus does say, don't judge because, but, but he does say, don't judge. He does say there in verse one, don't judge. Yes, he does. Because by the same, if you're going, if, and who is he talking to? Hypocrites. Don't judge if you're going to be a hypocrite yeah. because you're going to be judged by your same standards. And I like to think that I'm a man who can, who can sense, who can stand there and say, I want to be judged by my same standards. I hold everyone mm-hmm. else. I want somebody to hold me accountable the way that I, I'm trying to hold others accountable. If I'm going to put that kind of level of judgment on others, I expect that to be put on myself as well. Yeah. And see, that's, well, and, I don't want to. Some people, that's hard. Some yeah, I don't want to build rough. you up, but obviously for the three of us, we understand that there's a, that with Christianity comes an amount of accountability yeah. to yourself and to your, your uh, close family of Christian. Easy there, Colin. You used the A word. Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Accountability. There's a word that people have a hard time with these. That's, it is kind of scary. I think that the biggest issue is that, uh, and, and I, I hate to, you know, maybe I'm a broken record about this, but I really do think that the accountability issue comes down to control because mm. oh, the second absolutely. that you relinquish control to yeah. something else, then like, and say like, I need you God to hold me accountable. I need yeah. my inner circle to hold me accountable and keep me a brave approach. Mm-hmm. You are relinquishing control. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that that's what is required in your relationship right. with God. Cause lay down your sword. I think what people want is a God who is accepting of everything they do. Um, mm-hmm. all, even all the sinful stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if I could have just that relationship, you know, then they think that that is love, but love requires truth because right. it's not love to just like let you do a thing that's going to destroy yourself. Yeah. And I wrote a little note right? in there. Yeah. Basically I wrote mm-hmm. a little note in there and this is, um, this is a guy I would love to get on the podcast. We've talked about, uh, getting Kevin, um, slump on here. Uh, and, uh, one of the things that he gave a great sermon one time about love and how that looks. And he said, is love just seeing somebody destroying themselves and saying, I love you, man. You yeah. do you. Yeah. Or is love taking them and saying, because I love you, I have to try and help you. Um, like uh, my example in the notes is, you know, would, would you look at your brother or sister, this is mm-hmm. a little closer to me and say, Oh sure. You know, keep shooting yourself with heroin. It doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. just as long as you're doing you, or do you, risk ruining your relationship and call the police and then try and get them into rehab. Like sure. does love mean that as long as you both are comfortable in the relationship, yeah. you know? And so that's does a tough it, yeah. thing. Does, that's does, a, does love mean you let them continue right. to destroy themselves? Right. I would say that that's not real love. And if you're not willing to relinquish the control, like you were talking about, that's the only kind of relationship you can get. Right. Like Keep people at arm's length. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my yeah. dad. Unless you're accepting of accountability, accepting of correction sure. right. and judgment, now, you, now, won't, now, you won't get the love that is truthful and accountable for you. And those who know me know that I tend to be a hypercritical person. 
Um, it, okay. it, 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 it's to, to a fault. My wife say would very much to a fault. Um, <laughs> critical of the world or critical of yourself? Of, of everything and okay. everyone. Okay. Um, and so, and so if you We're have living to, in that time too, yes, mm-hmm. if you have to live with me, it can be a very challenging situation. And I'm critical enough of myself to understand that too. So are which is a, crazy enough. Are you a ranter, Bob? Oh, very much so. Okay. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> I, I'm talking about myself, too. I, I, I get on a yeah. nasty uh, rant trip sometimes, and Jessica just has to sit there and hear me rant until late hours of yeah. the night. So, but, but the point is that we are, critical or not, we are called to have a level of accountability with one another. We, we see this time and time again in Scripture as well. Um, Galatians 6 talks about this. 1 Corinthians talks about this repeatedly. Uh, James talks about it a little bit here and there as well. Rapid fire flips. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so, I mean, so how does this look like? Well, once again, this looks a little bit like gentleness. It looks like patience. Mm. It, it requires a level of humility. And I think that right there might be the, the, the real trigger, the thing that we really lack, the thing that's needed to relinquish control, and that's humility. Yeah. Um, and I, I would even go as far as to say that in our culture today, we're seeing less and less humility as time goes on. Um, it's either it, you, you either come at it, you either come at a topic like you're completely right and know everything about that topic or you're completely shut down. Sometimes it's even both. Um, and there is no in between. There's no, well, tell me more, help me understand this viewpoint. It's, it's, I'm right. And I know everything I need to know about this topic. And what you have to say doesn't really matter. Well, that is the plank talking, not yourself. Right. (laughs) I would say that that is, that's human nature though. That, um, that sort that, that pride and that unwilling Mm -hmm. to be corrected. We even saw when we talked about Martin Luther and things that were going on during his time that Mm. people let the religious views and, and their lack of accountability to scripture, like start a really bloody war, like one of the yeah. bloodiest in European history. So I, I do Interesting think, point. Yeah, yeah, I do think that there's something intrinsic to us. And I guess it's part of our sinful nature, I would say mm-hmm. um, that, that resists that. And I think it's part of it is control and part yeah. of it is fear of, of being judged ourselves. Um, no one, I mean, even when we're children, I think one of the first, uh, bad, uh, habits we learn is that if we know that a negative response is coming, we try and avoid. Yeah. And as children, I think, and I'm not a, um, a child psychologist or anything, but I know for a fact that in my personal view, if I knew that I did something wrong and I knew that trouble was coming, my brain would like, hmm. like a quick draw, try and come up with some excuse to why I did it. <laughs> like Colin, did you drink a soda out of the fridge? Um, dad told me that I could have one, you know, that's like avoiding, <laughs> it's avoiding yeah. whether or not you really did it. And so, um, or it's like, Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't even been in the kitchen. You know, you lie <laughs> or whatever. And it's this way of like keeping yourself from getting in trouble. And I think that that's a big, we like have you those said, tactics. Don't like, we? like fear. Uh, you said also, but also the, the idea of mm-hmm. just dropping and saying like, you know what? I did do that. And I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think, I think that there's two ways that you can mess up with this scripture. One is like not wanting anyone to judge you. Like, oh, you can't judge me. Cause it says judge not. Mm-hmm. But then I think also there's like the fear of like making a judgment call mm-hmm. even towards others. And like, 
oh, well, what, you know, what position is that going to put me in? Am I going to look like a judger if I call this other person yeah, it's, out? It's like reverse. Yeah. It's like reverse fear at that point. Like you're sure. afraid that the other person will get mad at you. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, you are afraid. Uh, I mean, there, I mean, yeah. there, there is a level of fear there. There is a level of, of um, sometimes, sometimes healthy, sometimes not so much um, of, of, you know, of, you know, it, it, how am I going to look? Because I mean, and I'm not saying looks are highly important, but we are supposed to live above reproach. We are supposed mm-hmm. to care a little bit about what other people think of us and put ourselves into positions to where we cannot be held at fault. There is a level of looks that goes with that. Um, um, so, 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 so there is, so that is, that is, yeah. there's a certain level there that is somewhat healthy. Well, I, I think that to, to maybe carve out that idea a little more fully, I would say that like we want to rep- represent Christ in what we're doing. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so we, uh, so the Bible, it seems to be pretty clear that Jesus here is talking a lot about accountability Yeah, and there's a lot of different passages, as I mentioned pre- previously, a little bit about, about accountability throughout scriptures. Um, but then he ends with this passage here with Matthew chapter seven, verse six. And I think a lot of people misunderstand this and don't fully understand what he's really mentioning here. Um, I, I know it took me a long time to actually dig into this and figure out where did this even come from? It says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw pearls to pigs. If you do, they will they will may trample them under under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. He says this right after talking about removing the speck from his brother from your brother's eye. It seems completely out of place on the surface. It's the basis of pearls before swine. Yes. That old uh, comic. Yes. Yeah, it was an old comic. I was even an old Flash game for a period of time, which I thought was hilarious. But it's something I never understood. I I never heard this. This was completely foreign to me when I first read this. I I finally made the connection of pearls and swine, pearls and pigs here. But what is he trying to get at? What does this even mean? And as I dug in here, I realized what he's referring to here is making correction and knowledge and and giving wisdom to those who can't appreciate it. Right. Mm. And the so, gift, like, and that's not the only time in the scripture that we hear about the uh, mm-hmm. the gift or like the present mm. of knowledge uh, to people who, you know what I mean? Uh, sure. So like, I've we actually did a thing in um in my church where we specifically talked about like when they reference like when they're given the gift and it's like it's it's definitely like the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, the good things that we know are good given to people who not only don't appreciate them, but will destroy them under their feet. Like we'll trample them. Sure. Yeah. I remember, I think it's, um, there's a, uh, scene in a movie that I really enjoy. It's an old musical called seven brides for seven brothers. And the the wife uh, main character brings Bibles and she's very uh, much a a believer. And at one point she makes dinner for the the seven brothers. She didn't know she had like she just marries the one guy and he happens to have like six other brothers. And then um, they tear the table apart. They like are eating with their hands and uh, she gets upset because they don't respect anything. And she like tips the table over and says, if you want to eat like pigs, eat like pigs. And then she goes and grabs her Bible and reads it. And it says, you know, casting out pearls before swines unless they trample them under their feet. And mm. her and her example is that she made this beautiful dinner mm-hmm. and they didn't appreciate it. Yeah. And so if the she- food of the knowledge of Christ is that dinner mm-hmm. and they just tore it to pieces and didn't appreciate it. 
yeah. then why would she want to cook for them again? Yes. And I well, thought that was a good imagery of what you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. No, that's a beautiful image. And so in this case, it's not necessarily food as much as it is correction. So Jesus, right. so he tacking this onto the end here, he's saying, don't worry about giving correction to those who refuse to appreciate it, who won't care about right. the wisdom that you're trying to right. give, right. which which in many ways can be quite freeing. We were talking about the idea of, you know, that image, what if they judge me? Well, here's the thing. If, if they're not going to appreciate that you care enough about them to try to help bring them closer to God and his will, then maybe it's not worth worrying about in the first place. Yeah. And, and the other thing mm. I want to just throw in here that I wrote down was, um, that we, as a, as a believer in God, but I mean, not, I mean, I would even say not even Christians, like, uh, a Jewish, uh, any real, any real religious person has to first admit that they are imperfect, uh, an imperfect person. I think that's the key to mm-hmm. be a strong Christian is to admit that you need Christ. Mm-hmm. Do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And so the problem is that when you start to become defensive or apprehensive, um, it comes from this place of being like, don't judge me. But I think being humble enough to say, I am a sinner, mm-hmm. I'm always probably going to have a plank. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and so my judgment doesn't come out of thinking I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the state of mind where you say, maybe my brother could benefit yeah. from having me tell them how it is in love. Absolutely. And so in, in love and in gentleness in and in a situation in a relationship of trust. And so I would argue that a true Christian, if they if they judge you not out of love, but out of um, some sense of uh, superiority, uh, superiority mm-hmm. that they aren't really understanding what it means to show that kind of love in the way that Christ would mm-hmm. it's coming from somewhere else. And so we haven't really had a chance to talk about the other side of that yet. We've been talking about the reason that judging would be maybe appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying is there, the stereotype is correct. Uh, some uh, or if not a lot of times with Christians who maybe haven't had a chance to be more humble Absolutely. Just come out and they, and their first implication is to implicate someone else. Like the, the, their first thing to say is, uh, well, I am good now mm-hmm. and you're yeah. not good now. And, and, yeah, and, that's, and, and I might even say that we maybe we should have led with that, but that's still a phenomenal no, 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 point. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. And what I mean by that is the fact that there is a reason why this stereotype of stereotype of judge not exists. It's a, it's a reaction to the massive backlash mm-hmm. of yeah. the church right. judging people terribly. Yeah, judging it right. improperly, judging, doing a terrible, terrible job of it. And yeah. not, not to, and not, I think, yeah, yeah, I think one of the things is to try, try and take this scripture and like play the, um, oh, I gotcha card, you mm. know, oh, wow. Christians, you've been judging so harshly. Well, guess what? You've been going against your own scripture because it says mm-hmm. don't judge. And, and, and people are so shallow in yeah. much of their faith that they don't even know how to counter that and saying they don't understand. No, that's not what Jesus is saying at all. He's saying yeah. don't judge if you're going to be a hypocrite about it. Right. Yeah. And so the truth is the church has messed up and judged and been a hypocrite. Yeah, absolutely. Of in the past. There's no absolutely. there's no doubt about that. And, and, and where does that come from? Well, most of it's coming from using scripture improperly, forgetting who their mm-hmm. brother is. And and. Right, and right. 
and, and I think that's where first Corinthians, what Paul was really getting at in first Corinthians chapter five, mm. this passage right here um, is, is becoming one of my favorites over time. And the reason why is because in this passage, Paul is correcting a group of believers. He's correcting a church who has been involved in improper behaviors among themselves. And there's been a lot of wickedness, a lot of associations that have been taking place that just did not represent Christ. And he, and um, you know, I'm just going to back up to verse 11 here, 12 and 13 are really what I'm about, but I'm going to back up to 11. He says, but I'm not, but I am not writing to you that, uh, that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy an adulterer or slander um, a drunkard or swindler, do not even eat with such people. And he says in verse 12, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. As it is written, expel the wicked person from among you. Shoot the wolves, as Christy would say. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but no, but yeah. Yes. And so, so here Paul's saying, I don't care what they're doing outside the walls. You need to be cleaning house. You need yeah. to be judging one another, holding each other accountable, holding each other up to the standards that Christ set before us and not allowing these immoral things to be taking place in your presence. It's kind of like... Forget about what's going on on the outside. Forget about right. what's going on in politics or what's mm. going on in the rest of culture. Forget about what's going on with Republicans and Democrats. Judge those inside your own four walls. Deal yeah. with that. Help build each other up. Correct one another. Let God deal with them. Yeah, I read a um, Carrie Newwolf article recently, and he mm-hmm. was talking about here are the trends from the last couple years that if they continue into 2020 will hurt the church. And one of them was uh, pastors using the pulpit to preach their politics. And so it's like, he was kind of getting back to this idea of no, we need to fix things inside the church. Yes. And, and if your message is like clearly left or clearly right and exclusionary, that's not the message of Jesus. You're- Jesus is beyond our political categories. Your description of Jesus in your sermon is half of Jesus, which is none of Jesus, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> half right. of Jesus is none of Jesus. Yeah. Here, like that's my new saying well, is th- th- that's, that's how so, cults form. That, that That's how yeah. right. uh, these offshoots and these weird different beliefs, Maybe that's we how Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons those, and, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the Christian science and all these other weird cults. That's how they form is by yeah. path truths. But ultimately right. we are going to hurt our witness in our message if we are trying to say things to the outside without dealing with what's going on on the inside Absolutely. Of, of the church. And, and, and how much more powerful is it to say, hey, I get it. I've been here. This is where I was two years ago. This is where I was a yeah. year ago. Let, let me walk with you. I care about yeah. you. I don't want you to have to struggle through things the way that I did. It's that alt- authenticity that people are looking for because the, you know, the, the preaching, the political message or whatever, um, that just looks like the world. Like the world is already doing that. Absolutely. So the church is supposed to be something different, something called to, um, to follow Christ and be a, like outside the world and yet of it. So, so Bob, um, Jesus, like we talked about, Jesus spoke in the Sermon on the Mount. He also spoke to individuals. He did, he spoke to, and, and Jesus Mm -hmm. is God incarnate. He has the, uh, he, he has the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, above reproachness. 
right. to right. to say to speak. He was a righteous dude. He was he was yes, the be- righteous man. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how do we as Christians start as far as like individual uh, love judgment? Where what, what what things do we need to do to get to that place with somebody? Well, I think the first thing to do is literally just have a conversation about it with with other people. Uh, uh, maybe even start not uh, of, of turning it on yourself. Hey, would you be willing to judge me? Would you be willing to criticize what I'm doing? Help hold me accountable? Would I you be willing? Abilities are. Would you? Will you be willing to be a man that I can trust to call me out when I'm going mm. astray? And I, I, I think that's that's where it really. I, I think that's where it starts, and then from there you can build up those relationships, and then and then and as you work together. And experiment with just that small group of, of, of one or two other men in your life or women in your life to build mm-hmm. up this, then maybe, and, and, and I will even go as far as to say that uh, maybe it's a little old fashioned, but I do think that someone should be of the same gender as you because our brains do work differently in the things we struggle with. I'm going to judge you for that later. That's fine. <laughs> I appreciate your judgment on that. <laughs> I, will, I will say this, um, that I, I totally actually agree yeah. with you. I think that it's very individualistic. Jessica spoke with somebody at EKU. She spoke with a, um, like a counselor uh, for, mm-hmm. for some stuff she was dealing with. And her first thing was like, I really would rather talk to, to a woman mm-hmm. just cause I feel like they could, she could maybe understand. Yeah. But then the only one that was available was a man. And uh, he ended up being great Sure. But I think I think just for whatever reason, we feel we feel like we can eat more easily relate. Yeah. To somebody who may be living as a man also or as a woman also. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's something well, weird for some people. I, well, I, our, I, yeah. on, on, on the other hand, there's I think there's a difference between someone who's there to listen and help give a little bit of guidance and someone who's there to correct you and call you out. Yeah, sure. that's true, too. And it's, it's and I think that's where the difference might lie. I wouldn't have no problem talking to a woman counselor, honestly. But if I'm looking for somebody who's going to walk with me throughout my life and see me in the hours when I'm not in their office, other than your significant other, your yes, wife, yes, who, who, right, who, yes, who, yeah. who, who does correct me in many in many other ways, absolutely, and and that needs to be part of part of your spousal relationship. Yeah, I mean that's but that's, that's a whole other episode. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> I will say, uh, but, but 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 I but I also need a group of men in my life who's going to walk with me yeah. and call me out and say, Bob, that's that, that's that's not Christ-like. And a lot of churches do ministry. And they say, mm-hmm. let's do a men's Bible study, let's do a woman's Bible study. And, and some people may grade on that, but I find that, like, I did a I did a, a whole um, series, like, study with a bunch of guys at uh, Berea uh, Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And um, they talked about, like, what the Bible defines as true, like, manhood, like, being, like, a, like representing what men should be according to the scripture. Absolutely. And yeah. so... Um, you know, this, this may, this is a whole nother thing, but, um, like you said, when, when you have a relationship, like a best friend kind of relationship with somebody and somebody like Zach comes to me and says like, Colin, as a man, you should be doing better in this way. I'm not saying this cause I'm trying to, you know, make you feel like a jerk or something. I just think, you know, mono e mono. <laughs> There's a reason why man to man is the saying. Yeah. And so, and I think in the same way, I think, you know, like maybe like Bethany and Jessica, same convo or Kara, it's, um, it's, it's one of those things where you say like, 
you know, I've been there in the situation. I'm a wife too. I'm a husband too. Sure. It's, yeah. it, it's the role that we are in that allows us to have the kind of relationship possible. Yeah. To and the, really and the way, the way we're wired and the things that we deal with. Yeah. 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 And that makes sense yeah. to me. But I mean, I, I, I'm sure that there is probably a person. Uh, my mom keeps me accountable, you know, but. Oh, sure. And, sure. And so I'm sure that there that's a that's a whole this is a whole nother episode. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, stuck it, on this, but I was just <laughs> agreeing with you that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're right. There are other people in our lives who definitely can hold us accountable. Um, it, but it, they each hold a different relationship with us sure. in that yeah. way. I think what it comes down to is investment, right? Like, yeah. uh, so like when you go to talk to a counselor, like you said, it's like you're somebody you may not know. And I think one of the things he talked about is like, this is going to take some time. We need to get to know each other. Uh, the trust that, that comes that, that, from getting to know somebody. Absolutely. And so in our lives, we're not counselors, uh, you know, to our friends necessarily, but we are in a way in that we do need to get to know them to develop mm-hmm. trust. I, I would even argue, because we mentioned this about the uh, discipleship episode where we talked about, like, uh, you know, stepping up as Christians. And uh, one of the main key ingredients for that is to say we have to invest time. We have to invest ourselves. Um, one last thing I want to mention out is that Jesus doesn't even t- doesn't only talk about judging in just these two p- passages. We talked a little bit about John, mm-hmm. um, uh, John chapter seven. We talked about Matthew seven, but in John eighteen, Jesus takes judging to a whole new level, which I always found interesting. And this is where he actually talks about this is how you discipline in the church. First, you take yeah. it before you go to before your yeah. brother, and if he doesn't agree, then take it before an elder. And if he still won't listen, take it before another group, another group of elders. If that still doesn't listen, take it before the entire congregation. And if he still doesn't listen, treat him, as Jesus says, like a tax collector or pagan. Yeah, I'm going to use that, Bob. That's my (laughs) prescribed method of dispensing justice. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Bob, for giving us the tools. Bob, since you're wrong, I'm going to talk to you with Colin. And then since you obviously (laughs) won't admit you're wrong. I'm going to talk to you with some other people. And then since you're obviously not wrong uh, or not right, not admitting that you're, you're wrong, wrong. Yeah. Uh, then I'm going take to it take before you to the ever. church. Yes. Take all, it I need is Facebook. About, all I need is about five of my friends. My church <laughs> is basically a courtroom and we just bring cases before everybody yeah. constantly. And again, that, that story, I think that's also in Matthew. Yeah. yeah Matthew 18. Um, yeah. And uh, that story that example of what to do I have used before. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, for me, uh, it's not always a good result. Um, but I I believe that it is a good example of like how you can, how you can kind of get conflict resolved. Yeah. But, um, And, and, and I think it does so in a way that's above reproach. Right. But, but at the same time, um, we have to remember why it was, why it was, told to the, to the person it was told to in the scripture, mm-hmm. it was meant as a way of saying, instead of just going to war in the street with your best friend, yeah. like falling into a puddle, talk to them first Absolutely. and then, and then out of, not out of anger, out of love, bring somebody else to help mediate. It is, it is absolutely, it is yes. a, it is a healing process more than a kick out process. And how many chances does God give us? Like when he comes right. to rebuke us for things like convict, convict us of things that we've done wrong. I like, could easily he, argue that I've been given too many chances. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he's like, you know, I am a God who's patient. Why don't you be patient with each other? And Absolutely. here is some practical ways of what that might look like. 
Yes. Yeah. And so, but all that to say that, that, that with that level of correction, first, before any of that can happen, a judgment call has to be made that yeah. your brother is out of line to begin with. Yeah. And so that's right. what we mean when we talk about judgment, right? We're not necessarily talking about like, just, oh, I judge you for yeah. your clothes or whatever. It's like, it's your judgment is your decision-making capabilities yeah. that are able to look at a situation and say like, I, yeah. Yeah, I can, I think I can judge that to be the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one final note, and I think I may have said that previously, and I apologize. One final note <laughs> is that with the I'm wrapping up here. Yes, yes. Uh, is that with uh, uh, when one of the other big things when this topic comes up, it says, well, what about the woman? What about the adulterous woman and the casting of the stones? Mm. You know, you know, he is without sin. Cast the first stone. And I say, yes, absolutely. And when you read that passage there at the very end uh, there, there in John, when Jesus is talking to this woman, he says, does no one condemn you? And it, after they've all dropped their stones and walked away, she says, no, uh, no, Lord, no, uh, no one does. It's like, neither do I go and sin no, sin more. no more. Although the condemnation of death was not there. The judgment of, of you have done wrong and yeah. the correction of go and sin no more is still taking place. Bob, I just kind of gloss over that part. Um, basically, <laughs> he completely forgives that person and it's fine to like just do it again because Jesus will always just like, you know, just be like, yeah, that's fine. Nobody stone this person. It's it's all good. Oh, well, God forgives. Why not? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a so so oh boy. <laughs> so let me ask Bob as we kind of wrap this subject yes. up. Um, I'll just ask flat out now that we've been hearing all the context of the subject. Sure. Is it okay to judge as a Christian? If it is done in patience, in love to your brother in Christ, and you want to hold, uh, then I would say absolutely yes. If you're ta- dealing with someone outside the church, if you're dealing with a stranger you have no rapport with, if you're dealing with a topic matter that you yourself have not got correct in your own life, I would say no. Boom. It, it really depends on the context. Just like this passage yeah. depends on the context. So does the situation. Absolutely. It does. And it's, so it, 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 it's about, a, yeah. So I think that's all. I, it's I a balance it. of truth and love, you know, yeah. that's beautiful love. And even more so than a balance of like two things and just trying to like stay in the middle. It's right. fully truth and fully love yes. because you cannot truly love someone as we were saying, without being able to tell them the truth, like love includes the truth. And, and you know, yeah. I don't want to bring this up. I think I brought this up a long time ago in a different episode, but that whole thing from years ago where Pan Gillette got handed this, Gideon Bible mm. by the random guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Bob? I yeah. love that video. Yeah. I've, so, we've so we've actually talked about that to our students in love China and, and, and atheists who, who recognized that he really cared about me enough that it was, although I disagree with him, I don't think it's real, yeah. but I appreciate that he cared about me yeah. and that he cared, did not want me to spend eternity in hell. And so just how like God is relentless in his love to seek after us, like he did with, um, Adam in the garden mm-hmm. when he, he knew Adam had sinned, but he still sought after him and said, Adam, where are you? You know, I'm still trying to be mm-hmm. your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we get into those relationships, judgment can come in the form of that relentless love of being like, I'm not just going to sit still yeah. and let you yeah. harm yourself. I'm going to do whatever I think is necessary according to God to help you to right. live a better life, to not kill yourself. And I think that that's, that's where righteous judgment is at its core. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's where the righteous judgment is as opposed to, and for everybody out there who thinks that, you know, uh, Christianity is about feeling like guilty uh, and just, just, you know, living as a Christian because you, you feel like you have some kind of cage around you and you can't slip up. The thing is God is infinitely more loving than our mortal minds can comprehend. And he is relentless in that love for us. So when we're doing that love judgment, I think it's important for us to remember that if we can be even an inkling as loving as God, Mm -hmm. we would want to seek after to help, help someone. Absolutely. Yeah. This is not about workspace salvation. This is about trying to become more like Christ. Like we are called to be Um, becoming more like that loving daddy. That's that, that's after us in the sky. That's after us. Boom. Bob, great job, man. Hopefully I didn't talk too much. I tried to talk less, but you know me, I end up talking a lot. No, I appreciate your input. Absolutely. Um, It was good. Uh, We haven't really had a chance to talk about judgment. It's been one of those bigger topics because lately, you know, trying to. Well, 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 yeah, it it is a hot button issue and it has been done so wrong, so poorly for so long in the church. Yeah. Our last episode about Martin Luther. Why do you think Martin Luther's exist? Because issues come up in the church and nobody's willing to step out. Right. And say anything about it. And I think that uh, we're not Martin Luther's necessarily, but we're willing to say. Yeah, I am to Martin Luther. Hello. <laughs> You're a Good lawyer. <laughs> You're a lawyer and you always will be one. No, I think I, I think that I go to uh, theology school, Faja. I think that I will go and I will become uh, ein um, priest on the Augustinian society yeah <laughs> all right oh boy <laughs> so um congrats bob that was an awesome episode man um i'll just say to the uh viewers or the listeners um that we appreciate you listening uh, we would uh, just ask that you check us out on patreon if you haven't had a chance to please uh do it check us out on social media yeah uh please make what sure. are you afraid of yeah i know like and what's what's stopping you from doing what you really want and going to patreon.com slash the houseplants podcast? <laughs> what are you what are you afraid or I think, something? I think it's funny because all the listeners have these big planks in their eyes, so they can't <laughs> understand that they need to comment, subscribe, and then tell everybody else about the podcast. Or they're just gonna be these judgmental people with planks oh boy. in their eyes. Oh boy, there it goes. <laughs> Your whole entire argument is torn down <laughs> by our silliness. All right, guys. Well, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you. Bye. See you.